This is the Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. I'm your host, Paul Parisi. And I'm Jacob Young. On the Edge of Innovation, we talk about the intersection between technology and business, what's going on in technology, and what's possible for business. Today I'm meeting with Brian Gravel. Hey, Paul. Thank you for having me here today. So early on, we talked about you in your studio and in your, your video practice, really. You shoot everything in 4K. Are you mm-hmm. doing drone shots in 4K? Yeah. Well? Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let's let's just talk about that for some of our more geek listeners. Sure. Um, you get 4K video. Mm-hmm. What do you record in? Is it MP4? Yeah, yeah. We usually use an MP4 format because... H.264? Yeah, that's that's the codec, but the MP4 file size usually is pretty... It's in the sweet spot if you have that quality, but the file size itself is not really massive. So you're shooting at the compressed. Yeah. You don't have the raw. Right, we're not getting that that raw. Because that's crazy. It's a lot of space. Yeah. What is it, two gigs a second or something like that or two it's it's ridiculous it's i saw like sony um sony canon just came out with um some dslrs that oh a dslr the mark mark five or seven i don't know what version it's on but yeah Yeah. and that's shooting basically uncompressed 4k and i think we figured it was like 10 minutes of footage was like 100 gigs of storage wow which is yeah. crazy. I mean, it's a lot of space. If we're doing so, so, you're having it in camera compressed. Yeah, correct. So, so um, we already have like a pretty digestible, usable format coming okay. out of out of that. So, do you, you take that and what do you do with it? I mean, is it on a? It's on an SD card or is it? Yep, it shoots a micro SD card. Okay, so you got that. You bring it back to your shop mm-hmm. and you plug that into a computer and you copy those files to it. Yep. You backing it up, I imagine. Some, putting it online, or what are you doing? Just keeping it local in a, a SAN? Or? Yeah, I mean, we have our own internal processes mm-hmm. for storage and backing up. And, yeah, for the most part, we, we're we just getting the footage off the drone, digesting right. it. A lot of clients are taking it raw, just, really? you know, need the footage or pictures yeah. to use what they want to use that. And then other times we're editing pieces together for them. So. What do you guys use for editing? We use a range of tools. Uh-huh. You know, I've gone through the whole Avid, uh-huh. Final Cut, Adobe stack, and right. for me, it's less about the tool and more about you know what people are comfortable on. Yep. So, as we've grown as a company, we've evolved with those tools, and we primarily in the Adobe mm-hmm. product line. Yeah, it's a good, it's a broad suite. Where, yeah, you know, when you have Photoshop, yeah, and- when they switched to Creative Cloud and yep. had that, really, you know, you, you're getting all the tools for. A monthly cost. It made sense to use them because they they really tried to create a synergy between the products at that right, point. Right. Whereas before you were buying kind of the products piecemeal, okay. which um, you know I I think I, I think works out better when you have a whole array of tools versus you know yeah you have my editing tool for this, my color correction tool for this. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So well, I'm I'm trying to paint a picture for our people at home mm-hmm. that are all right, they go out and buy a drone, so now I've got to get Adobe Creative Cloud. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, it's what, sixty bucks a month. Oh yeah. So it's not terrible. But I gotta learn Premiere now. Adobe Premiere to edit. Yeah, I mean it's uh it's it's the same thing, you know, there's different ways to get around it. You can go and buy 
a $400 drone from Best Buy and mm-hmm. have a, you know, something like iMovie and edit it on. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so you that's know. fair. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely do things. If you're a budding professional or starting a business or something along those lines, there's definitely ways you can get in at a low cost and, you know, work your tail off True. too. So I, I want to put this together. I'm just trying to give people sort of a window into the process. And they're not, we're not going to teach sure, them how sure. to do it. But So I edit it. I want to put some, some text in, things like that. Now, it's never as easy as it seems. It seems, oh, you just put the text in. <laughs> but now what do you guys do for that? Is that After Effects? or? Yeah, I, we're using that Adobe product yeah. suite. So, yeah, I mean, we use a ton of tools out of that. Um, and it's really up to our editors. I, mm-hmm. I leave it, We have three fantastic editors on staff. So, you know, I leave it up to them as far as what they would do. If I was to go in and, and dust off my uh, uh-huh. video production skills and get, uh, get back into uh, editing a project, I would be cutting completely differently than, right. you know, our, our lead editor. Okay. So it really depends on the comfort level of what you're, you're using the tools for. Right. So now you, you bring up a good point. I mean, editing has two aspects. One is cutting it up, but mm-hmm. actually deciding where those cuts are for what you want the end user to experience. Mm-hmm. You have different people. How how variant is that? You know, it's, if you had three editors, yep. are you going to get three different stories? In oh, you definitely summer? could. Yeah, for sure. I look at our team as each, each person has their own kind of uh, strengths, mm-hmm. and depending on the project is how we divvy up what who's doing sure. what? Sure. So you select the right person for the right task. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So if you had one that was more of a let's say a school project, you know, you're doing a university or something, you'd have you choose one of your editors over maybe a corporate project. It's uh, even within projects. Really? Yeah. Okay. You you lay up the rough cut and the other person will finish okay, do the cool. color correction and the titling and all right. that stuff and or one person may be working After Effects creating a. Uh, templates for the assets and right. the other person may be implementing them so cool yeah and you know as as you're listening to this don't let what brian said go by too quickly the color correction mm-hmm. that's probably one of the most under or unknown aspects sure. for a normal consumer is uh, that means that you know you take a, a picture inside and you take a picture outside and then you come back and take it a different day the color of the scene changes dramatically mm-hmm. in all of those and somebody has to make those all look good together. Yeah. And that's a lot of work. It is. It's very time-consuming. You know, and, and we get budgets and projects that range uh-huh. quite dramatically. Yeah. So, you know, I would say that's probably one of the first things to go on, yeah, a, okay. on, a, on a smaller budget project just yeah. because of the general nature of time to put together even, like, a rough cut and eventually a final product, mm-hmm. you know, is very time-consuming. Yeah. And then when, you know, you're short on how much time you can actually put into the the project because right. of the budget, you know, you have to look at ways like, okay, you know, what can we do here to right. to get the project done at the what the the customer can afford right. essentially. Now were you ever involved in film or tape editing? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we've seen a dramatic reduction mm-hmm. in the amount of work it is to, to do sure. that. So hopefully, you know, as things go on, it'll be easier and easier. Yeah, and I mean, this it's definitely happening with, with tools and mm-hmm. things like that. But, you know, you, there's just so many – video is, is a very 
hard final product to convey to a person who's never done anything with yeah. video or photos before because right. you're so used to seeing it in media, right. TV, you know, the online. And we're very sophisticated consumers because we see good it, production. Yeah, and you and a lot of lead-ins are like, you know, okay, if I let in with – you know, we'll shoot it in 4K video. Well, I can shoot 4K video on my iPhone. That's right, right exactly. And you can. Yeah. But it's a whole different process once you start putting together a story. And it takes time to do that. Right. And that's where I think, you know, people see these final products. And if they've never edited a video before, they don't understand a lot of times how much time goes into that product. Right. So that's one of the challenges of, of my aspect doing sales and business development is to kind of convey, you know, what a person could do at different Mm -hmm. levels of budget. Right. It's like, you know, well, I'm comfortable in this budget area. Right. You know, well, here's some examples of different things you could do with this. So I like, well, let's get creative with what you want to do and how can we tone it back a little bit so that we get that effect but don't have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours into Mm -hmm. it. So, so let, let me ask you, you sort of touch on something there that there's really, uh, there's probably multiple aspects, but there's two aspects. There's the technical, getting, you know, getting the pictures, getting the mm-hmm. video, editing it, all that kind of stuff, color grading it. But then there's the story. And which one do you think is more important? I mean, or, or you know, how do they mix? Is it 50-50? Is it, you know, 10? Yeah, I don't know if there's a, like a percentage balance. I mm-hmm. mean, both are equally important. It's kind of like, you know... You could shoot beautiful video, but if you have crappy sound, you know, it can okay. ruin a project. Yeah. I think the technical aspect is if you have people who are good technically capturing mm-hmm. video and audio, then editing becomes a lot easier. And okay. then, the st- you know, you can uh, dedicate more time to the story mm-hmm. versus if you are spending a lot of time in editing, cleaning up what should have could have been better on site when you were doing okay. production. So the story part is, is important because you could have the greatest footage in the world if you don't have somebody who can tell a storyline and explain. You know, we we ran into this with a lot of profile pieces that we were doing a few years back. You know, we were shooting hours of footage and trying to reduce it to a five minute snapshot of this a company's, you know, 100-year history mm-hmm. <laughs> enrolling in a package with two other videos that were doing the same thing. How do you successfully mm-hmm. uh, recognize someone's accolades and uh, tell a company's story of their innovation and their 100-year history in right. a five-minute piece? Right. You know, so... The story it, becomes... The story, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, de- it depends on the project. And then, you know, we'd run into that, too, with, like, customer testimonials, like, like keying out those, uh, grabbing those parts that really encapsulate and excite people mm-hmm. versus, you know, somebody just getting on camera and saying, you know, well, I really like this company because, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> so you, you had also touched on something in there, sound. Mm-hmm. It seems like people are willing to sacrifice video quality. I mean, they consume YouTube, they do all these different things. And they, they sort of give it a pass. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if you can have a high-quality image, it's great to see that. But people aren't going to stop watching something just because it's not a high-quality. But if the sound is bad, I've seen people won't even won't even engage. Sure. So what's what's with that? I mean, how you know how do you talk about that at all? Is that true? Do you find that? 
Yeah, I mean, I've I've found that because of things like the iPhone mm-hmm. and you know the and it, us being a very camera centric mm-hmm. world, that getting quality video is not as difficult as getting quality sound. Okay. And knowing how to get quality sound. And that's an art. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, well, no, just put a microphone in front of somebody. Right. But it's, it's just not that. No, it's not at all. Especially when you go out and shooting on location. Studio is pretty right. simple. If you have decent gear and it's quiet, you're going to get good sound. Right. You're going out and shooting in a city, you know, with traffic going yeah. by or, you know, even just doing an interview outside and a plane going overhead. Right. You know, you don't realize. That's where I think you can see the big difference between... You know, if you watch something on TV versus, right, some, right. you know, something someone shot right. homegrown. Well, it was interesting. We had a video crew here, I think in January, mm-hmm. that they were doing something on uh, the Craigslist killer because one of the companies I was with, we helped c- catch him you know, with the technology. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And what, but what they did is they brought in, you know, two high-end Canon cameras. They were dual. They had the interviewer, interviewee, and we're in the middle of it, and they had me wired lapel mic and I think the other person had a lapel mic and they had a, a sound for the room mm-hmm. and in the middle of it he said wait and I'm like what the water cooler <laughs> or the AC or yeah, something and yeah he said you know because he says he didn't care that it was there but it, he didn't want the change it's mm-hmm. almost like color grading you know mm-hmm. it's like Imagine, if you will, in the middle of a shot, you turned on fluorescent lights. The color yep. just changed dramatically, yep. so it's going to be disturbing yep. to the viewer. Yep. But sound, you know, is is something that people, I've found, just are not tolerant of yep. bad sound. Because yep. they can't deal with it. Yep. There's no way to fix it. Yeah. With an image or video, I can sort of imagine what it is. Yeah. So that's interesting. So sound is critical. So do you guys have, are your, your editors doing sound as well, or do you have different people for sound? Yeah. Again, I'm fortunate. I have a lot of talented people yeah. in our in our group, and you know they they know what a good quality production is, mm-hmm. and they know how to get that production cool. value. And we've invested in equipment that helps it right. a lot. Yeah, so. so you've got the best advantage. But it's really taking. I think the the critical thing you're bringing out here is that the person sitting in the seat is what makes good or bad content really sing sure you can you can only you know you can only do so much with the content the person there making it all work together is, yeah. is critical yeah and from a business perspective knowing what what medium you you're playing to i mean mm-hmm. most of our stuff is going online and most of our clients have a finite budget of what right. they want to spend or can spend so getting the best quality for that right for that medium, for that project budget, right. I think is a, is a tricky thing to refine. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if going back to your photography days, you know, you you could put tons of time into editing photos, but at some point you need you need to say, yeah. like, I only okay. have so yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I think for anyone in the creative space, there's a perfectionist in in them all. Yeah, you know, finding the balance of time and and how to do things quickly, but efficiently and with high production quality we've kind of nailed that down cool and and that's where i think we've been successful excellent now is there anything else you want to talk about we haven't covered any any areas you want to touch on i mean 
I'm happy to talk about anything you want. Really, <laughs> I I think we we did cover a lot about you know the different pieces that of how we got into drones yeah. and you know you know came into this thinking talking primarily about drones. But I, what I've what I've enjoyed about this conversation is that you can see how the drone piece has been. It fits into the whole scope of what we're doing, but it's there's a lot. Yeah, but there's a lot of other components that go into creating the the products that we're putting out one and two like the reason why we've engaged in in drone stuff is really at the epicenter of our company technology mm-hmm. it's uh, media it's it's all those things wrapped into into one that's why the space for us is very exciting yeah very cool and i think that you know as we i think we touched on earlier if you're using stock photos on your website don't do it stop go take them down <laughs> be better to have a blank space yeah. And nowadays, we need to have video. Yeah. Got to have good video. Agreed. And to that point, we've been through an exercise with clients lately where because of the designs of websites now, Mm -hmm. the photo or photos, I should say, and video are changing the whole look and feel of it. Right. And we had this interesting project recently where we were tweaking all these style elements, fonts and this and colors and and really, like, we changed a couple different photos, and all of a sudden, it made sense. Uh-huh. And then then it became, all right, well, you know, the photos are driving the page. Right. So, like, this is kind of, like, the type of photo that you need to right. fit in. You can switch your photos up right. whenever you want, but, you know, certain ones are going to work with the other elements of the page yeah. a lot better than... And I think that's that's a big. It's not it's not like something that's just come about. This has been happening for years, but you know, it's one of those things that it's uh, it's really it's changing the course of how you're designing sites. Is that you know, that imagery is almost becoming? You almost need to put that first, yeah, I agree. and then build around it versus the opposite way, which I think was kind of the way it was being done, which is you built the shell and you popped some photos in right. and the photos helped it along. But, yeah, it's diff- very different now. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, you have the creative director of, mm-hmm. a, of a magazine or you know, even a video shoot, and they're thinking of holistically how it works. Mm-hmm. And that's that's magic in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think because of the the ability now for just the average person to produce a website – they aren't used to having to take all those things into account. Mm-hmm. And then they don't know why. Why does mine not look as good as theirs? <laughs> well, because they're taking into all these subtleties into yeah. account. And I think you're absolutely spot on. And I think the same thing's happening with video. But I think people are a lot more tolerant with, with video than they are with photos. Sure. Because a bad photo just sitting there, not moving, is yeah. a bad photo. Yeah. And it, it just yells that at the top of its lungs. But a video... Boy, you get a connection with that person, and it'd be nice to have it high quality. But even if it's not, it's yeah. better than not having it. Yeah, even in video, like video used as assets in sites mm-hmm. versus just a click play video, you know, like right. how it's presented, how it's formatted, and how it renders on a on a phone or right. a browser. We have people, believe it or not, who are still on things like internet explorer nine yeah, or eight well, and you and to them have their internet taken <laughs> <away>. <laughs> amen <laughs> to that i should say the same thing but you know that the whole experience changes right if you can't if that video is not loading and it's your whole background to your page right. yeah it looks cool on that you know mac that the 17 yeah. year old has on running 
Chrome or Safari, but yeah. you know, to someone who's making a decision about whether or not to engage your services or not. Right and is on an older browser or something that it's not playing they're like why is this big black screen yeah so yeah it's 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 always a part art part function right yeah absolutely so anything else you want to cover no i I mean thank you very much for having me uh anytime you want to geek out i'm happy to have a conversation And we're also, you know, open if you come up with something you want to talk about. Hey, you know, we'll put it out, sure. talk about it. And we tend to be a little eclectic, you know, and not just when we're talking about, you know, this part of business. Or yeah. Whatever. We love technology and uh, just sounds like just like you guys yeah. do. And it's just fast. It's a great time to be alive. 30 years ago, well, maybe I'll say 50 years ago, we couldn't, you, know, you couldn't do all these things. Mm-hmm. You had to be in a dark room. You had to do all these different things. You couldn't even buy a video camera. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's a wonderful time to be alive. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I've been fortunate enough over my uh, lifetime and my career to really go through this unique set of stages with technology. You know, I filmed on VHS tapes yeah. and eventually mini DV, yeah. and then I was like, "Why is it? Why are we recapturing DV tape when we yeah. can shoot the SD card?" And right. so, from a video standpoint, I've seen like. Even my my freshman year of college, which I don't want to date myself, but back in early two thousands, uh-huh. you know the camera the cameras alone, like what yeah. you could do with shooting on little Canon Allura that were shooting standard definition, yeah, I and know. now it's... even like six years, seven years later, people are shooting high def video on their phones. I know it's, it's like amazing, isn't it? Crazy. You couldn't have predicted it. I, no. I'm just like wow. And just the storage needs of YouTube. Yeah. It's just incredible. I remember having this, um, uh, we built this site. It was called Boston Nocturnal. It's okay. a nightlife site. And the whole premise was we'd deliver a weekly video uh-huh. about bars and nightclubs and events uh-huh. going on in Boston. And this was 2005, six okay. time frame. So yeah. YouTube was just coming along. And we made a very conscious decision at the time that we did not want to put our videos on YouTube we want them to embed them in a flash player on the site oh because gosh. it was more professional. Wow. And I think about like a decision like that at the time not knowing yeah. you know where YouTube would go and you know its eventual acquisition of by Google yeah. and things like that as to how how different your mindset goes sure in is. just a short amount of time. And yeah. now I, I, I if a client asks how are we going to put it on our site I'm like you're going to put it on YouTube yeah. and you're going to embed it on your site because, you know, you're getting more bang for your buck yeah. as far as getting it found and sharing it exactly. and so on. So, yeah, it's a it's a neat, you're right, it's a neat time to be in technology and the creative space. And, you know, I just, uh, I'm amazed by young people coming out of schools yeah. and even, you know, stories of, like, 11-year-olds who are, like hacking and no, things. No, they've never, never seen a world where yeah. they didn't have these tools. Or even my two and a half year old who, you know, <laughs> consistently asked me for his iPad. Uh, and yes. I said, Well, he has it right. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Okay. And he wants to watch his videos and he can go through YouTube Kids. And I mean, that's just some, to me amazing. And uh, I think the people who embrace technology and realize that it's not everything, but it is the way of the world. You know, those are the people yeah. who who end up having that good balance. That's right. I agree. Well, we're here with Brian Graval, 
and he's with Graybach in Peabody, Massachusetts. He's the vice president of creative technology. And we've had a great talk. I think this will end up being a couple of different podcasts. So if you're if you're hearing this, go back and listen to the other episodes as well. So Brian, thank you for coming. Really thank you for having me, Paul. Absolutely. Thank you. The Edge of Innovation is brought to you in partnership with Savior Labs. Savior Labs exists to help businesses mature and strategize for the future. Learn more about Savior Labs at SaviorLabs.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Edge of Innovation, Hacking the Future of Business. For the show notes and more information about Paul, please visit paulparisi.com. The Edge of Innovation is produced by Jacob Young in conjunction with copious amounts of coffee. Music on today's episode was from bensound.com. Paul can be found on Twitter at pdparisi and on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash pdparisi. This episode, like all our episodes, is transcribed and available at paulparisi.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.